Get about the curveball, Ricky. Give him a heater. Welcome, folks, once again to the Highlanders podcast, episode number 32, um, kind of a uh, an addition that I said I might hop on or hop off during the offseason here, so call it a second hot stove edition as we uh, talk about some Yankee news that happened today. Uh, again, season two won't start until a little before spring training. We'll start the uh, second season of the show with normal weekly episodes. Um, that'll go about the same time as last year, 30 to 45 minutes per episode. Um, this year, trying to integrate more um, content as far as YouTube page and stuff like that. But we'll get into that as we get closer to the 2021 season as we see what that looks like. Um, and we'll get into some news and notes. But uh, obviously, there was some big news in Yankee land today. And uh, that is that DJ LeMay, who has finally signed his contract. So uh, let's hear a little bit about that. Breaking news out of our HQ studios. New York keeping busy today. The Yankees and DJ LeMayhew have agreed to a six-year, $90 million deal to keep them there in NY. 32-year-old has been a force since landing there with the Bronx Bombers. Finished third and fourth. We're talking the MVP race the past few seasons. Led the AL and the batting average of 364, staying there in New York. Of course, this is a big deal for him. Him in New York as well, the uncertainty we're talking, Stanton and Judge, their health. And you can see, as I mentioned, there's been a force on base percentage along with everything that comes with them. Three-time All-Star, three gold gloves, staying there in the Big Apple. It's bringing the host of Nothing Personal, David Sampson, join us. And your reaction here, LeMayu, six years, 90 million, David. It's a straight compromise. The Yankees were able to get the average annual value down to $15 million, and LeMahieu was able to get the $90 million that he wanted. I think the Yankees go into this deal two reasons. One, they couldn't let him go. There's so much activity going on at Shea Stadium at City Field with the Mets, and they want to make sure that they are the team of New York. The players have been very loud, including Luke Voigt saying, we've got to have LeMahieu here. 
and the Yankees realized that that is their best chance to stay competitive and maybe take the next step, so they had to keep him. What took so long in this deal is that LeMayu was holding out to try to get over $100 million. He'd be, he wanted four years, but when you're, when you're the age that LeMayu is, what I've found and have found is that players are okay going longer if you just get them the same amount of guaranteed money that they wanted to begin with. So this is a compromised deal for both sides. Looking at this, and we're talking that lineup, the importance of keeping them there uh, with Stanton and Judge. Their health has always been a question the past couple years. When you look at that lineup, how important was it to keep him there in New York? Well, strangely enough, remember when LeMahieu signed the two-year deal two years ago, Nobody wanted him but the Yankees. He got, I think, $24 million over two, and he turned into their best player, their most consistent player, their most productive player in a lineup that has Judge and Stanton and, at the time, Gary Sanchez when he was still potentially going to be a superstar. But now, LeMahieu has become the glue of that team, almost like the captain of the team. And I think Brian Cashman and the Steinbrenner family, especially Hal Steinbrenner, just said, we really have no choice here. We cannot take a step backwards. Whether or not the Blue Jays or even the Mets actually had any intention of going this high in terms of total guaranteed money to LeMahieu is very questionable and I would say very unlikely. But LeMahieu's agents and LeMahieu and his teammates all made it so the Yankees felt as though they could lose him, and they just couldn't have it that way. So the Yankees securing their bats there. That's all good and well, but pitching outside of Garrett Cole, we don't know if Tanaka is coming back. How does that expect their uh, spending on that side of the ball a little bit? Well, when you look at the American League and you look at the American League East and you look at the different teams and how they're constituted, we've told people on the queue, you need pitching to win rings. It's great to have a good lineup. There's no question. It gets you to October the way the Yankees have. But to get through October, you need more pitching. We asked them to sign Cole last year, and they did. But look at this rotation. Severino coming off Tommy John. Herman, we don't know if he'll ever be at the big league level again, given the troubles he's had. What are they going to do behind Garrett Cole? And the answer is, it's a lot of question marks. When you look at this rotation, you are not saying to yourself, World Series. You're barely saying to yourself, October. Do you look at, when you look at this uh, this rotation right here, and you know Tanaka, you know him very well, he's been in your system. Should they consider possibly bringing him back here, David? I think the price, again, is like with everything. The price has to be right. Tanaka, if he's expecting to maintain the level of salary that he had under his initial contract, then I would say that that's not going to happen. Tanaka in no way is anything other than really a number four starter on a championship team. But the Yankees, it turns out, are looking for a number two starter, which is why if you are going to put someone behind Cole the same way I think Bauer should go behind DeGrom with the Mets, he would fit in very nicely behind Cole with the Yankees as well. I just don't know if the Yankees have any interest in getting over the luxury tax threshold. And don't forget, they've got to worry about a long-term deal for Aaron Judge as well and what they're going to do. But if you're Gary Sanchez today, when you see LeMahieu get this deal, you're saying, uh-oh, I don't think I'm in their future plans. Looking at the big pitch here, other free agents such as a George Springer, you see that money six years, 90 million. How does this affect the other guys looking to get paid as well moving forward here? I think it says that Springer is going to get six years now, and I, I really thought that that would be more of a five-year deal. He's wanted seven years. He certainly wants to the AAV of 15. Is has nothing to do with where Springer 
or JT or Trevor Bauer will be. But that said, what you're now seeing is the beginning of teams saying we've got 30 days till spring trainings here. We don't have a huge rush. We don't know whether or not fans are going to be in the stands. We don't know whether or not spring training is actually going to start on time. But that said... When the clock hits January, mid-January, executives say to themselves, all right, let's start caving now. Let's start putting the team together so we can make sure we're not left out when all of the players end up finding teams. All right, LeMahieu, again, those dominoes starting to tilt over a little bit. David Sampson tapping in on the breaking news. LeMahieu, six years, 90 million. Appreciate your time. Taking a look at his 2020 season, I mentioned the past two seasons, he's been in the running for MVP. When you're talking about his batting average, the best in the American League, staying there in the Bronx during that six years, 90 million. By the way, our Jim Bowden has confirmed this deal, has gone down the six years, 90 million to stay in New York. More on the other side, we'll, we'll continue this breaking news. LeMahieu staying in New York. Keep it right here in 60 seconds. Do you want a sports network that delivers everything that matters about the game? The highlights, the picks, the instant analysis, no yelling, no fake debates, no politics. Hit the subscribe button and never miss a moment. Right, guys so that was a little bit from um cbs sports um some quote-unquote experts on their thoughts and some details on the actual breakdown of the contract this is obviously the biggest news of uh the week for the yankees as most yankee fans have been waiting patiently for this deal to get signed um my opinion if you listen to the show previous episodes i really didn't think that was going to be a problem i knew he was going to get signed by the yankees the yankees had one goal this year and that was during the offseason that's to sign dj lemay who and they did it was kind of a no-brainer. The problem was the money. Um, you know, there's been lots of stuff every day. I'm getting updates in the feeds. He wants this. He wants that. He's frustrated. Blah blah blah. Uh, turns out the Yankees got a fantastic steal of a deal with this contract, and it's essentially a $90 million deal for six years with an average annual salary of $15 million. Now, seems like a lot. $90 million um, six years. Maybe you say to yourself, if the Yankees had their option, they would say four years would have been a perfect deal. Maybe five, six. You might be looking at eating that. Um, well, let's break down where he's at right now. He's 32 years old right now. Uh, he was a second round pick by the Cubs in 2009. Um, he's got a 305 career batting average. And he led the major leagues in batting average in 2016 and 2020. Plus, he's the first player in like 100 years to win the batting title in the National and the American League. The guy can play all over the field. He's an infield, he, third base, shortstop, second base, first base. The guy could probably catch if you needed him to. He's literally an all-around player. But the most important thing to me as a Yankee fan of what he brings to the Yankees is not just the flexibility defensively, but it's what he brings offensively. And I could care less if he ever hits a home run again. It's the fact that he gives the Yankees something they do not have nearly enough of and that is he sprays the ball all over the field, slaps the ball, single doubles all over the field. He's just literally, the nickname is perfect for him. He is a hitting machine, and it's exactly what the Yankees need because it's what they don't have. They've got boppers. they got strikeout guys, and they've got home run guys. It's all or nothing. And this guy, much like Miguel Andujar, I think, is, is a base hit machine. 
and he, he the Yankees had to have him. Um, I know I heard lots of rumors, uh, you know, options that they could do without him. Anything that they could have done, including getting Francisco Lindor, would have been a downgrade from DJ LeMahieu. So I'm happy they got their man. Um, what does it mean going forward for the Yankees? I think you're going to see a flurry of activity in the next week from the Yankees. I think you're going to see them sign a pitcher. Um, now, uh, there's two schools of thought. Do you go back and get, you know, um, Matsu, Matsu, oh, I said Matsui. Tanaka, pardon me. Tanaka, do you go back and get Tanaka on a one-year team-friendly deal? Um, looks like the Yankees have about maybe 13 to $16 million left to spend to stay under that self-imposed luxury tax $210 million number that they don't want to hit over. So with that money, you have two schools of thought. You bring back Tanaka, you're probably going to eat most of that. That's probably going to be, I'd say, a minimum of a $10 million, $11 million one-year deal for Tanaka. But they're in a position of leverage, much like they were with DJ LeMahieu. DJ said he wanted to be here. Tanaka has come out and said it's Yankees or Japan. So they're really not negotiating with anybody but themselves. So maybe you get him on a sweetheart deal where you can get him for like $8 million or something like that for one year. Gives you a, you know, a little bit more flexibility to maybe bring in another journeyman. Um, I don't think the Yankees are going to be comfortable with going into the season with the rotation they have. Now, it's always possible you make a deal at the trade deadline, um, sign a free agent last minute. It's possible. The Yankees and Cashman, it's possible. But uh, it, it's a danger. Because this team, in a very weak American League, and it is a weak American League, it's an even weaker American League East. I, I for the record, with what the Rays have lost as far as starting pitching, what they might lose before the season starts, I might say Toronto is the second best team in the American League East. But that being said, the Yankees are poised where they could wait. They could wait until the trade deadline or you know wait until July to make another move. Um, again, you never know what injuries or anything like that. It seems like the school of thought now is you need you know, eight starting pitchers to go into the season with anyway. Now, if, if the season started today, on paper, offensively, and around the diamond, the Yankees are stacked. They're, they're ready to go. Pitching rotation right now looks, you know, Cole up top, you're fine, with Sevy as your two in the summer sometime. Hopefully he's coming back okay from Tommy John surgery. But right now, at all things considered, your number two is Justin Montgomery. Which, okay, young pitcher came back from Tommy John surgery. He's looked good so far. That's great. But besides that, you got nothing. And then you're three. You've got unknowns. Uh, Debbie Garcia, uh, Michael King, um, Domingo Herman coming back from his domestic abuse suspension, which I think he'll be okay. I think he'll be solid despite his struggles in the uh, in the fall league or in the winter league with the Dominican league or wherever he, wherever he pitched somewhere. I was getting updates every day on that too. But right now on paper, your one, two, three of Montgomery, Herman, and Garrett Cole are, because of how outstanding Cole is, and the potential of Herman, it's okay. It's it's not a top 10 starting rotation by any means. Now, you add Tanaka to that as a four starter, now you're talking about something. Severino comes back in July, now you're talking about a solid starting five. If you're talking about Cole, Sevy is a two, uh, Herman maybe is a three, Montgomery and Tanaka bringing up the rear. That's a solid, solid starting five. Now, that being said, no Tanaka. You can interchange some other pieces, I believe, there. Do they go for a Corey Kluber? Um, do they go from this kid from the from Cincinnati? Uh, or do they just bring another veteran, much like Cashman usually does on the slide, where he goes and gets a veteran that no one's really thinking about and just kind of plugs him in on a one-year deal? 
I could see him doing that too. But whatever happens, I can definitely see that happening in the next week. I think they were waiting to see how everything played out. Arbitration was today. We're recording this on uh, Friday. Um, the Yankees have settled all their arbitration cases with uh, Aaron Judge. I believe got $10 million on a settle. So I think Cashman was waiting to see how his money played out until he made decisions on what he's going to do going forward. Now he knows exactly what he's got to spend. And uh, you give Brian Cashman, you know, $13, $15 million and tell him to go out there and do something, he's going to get it done. So I, I, I don't think that would be that would be a big deal. So uh, to sum up, look, DJ's back. It's what we wanted as Yankee fans. Uh, I'm thrilled. It had to happen. So we're essentially going into this season with the uh, exact same team as we had last year. If you want to take the injuries to, you know, Paxton and some of the other guys out, the only, uh, you know, missing person from that rotation would be Jay Happ, and I don't think anybody's going to lose any sleep over missing Jay Happ. So um, that's where we're at. Um, we'll get into some other news here in just a second, but DJ is back as a Yankee, folks. All right, gang, it's mailbag time. And as always, if you have any questions for the show, you can shoot those over to uh, Highlanders Podcast at gmail.com or Twitter at Highlanders Pod or the Facebook and Instagram, blah, 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 Highlanders Podcast. So today's question, and I do read all these questions, guys. Obviously, um, I don't respond, obviously, because there's not a lot of episodes right now. But today's episode, uh, today's question, I should say, comes from Frank W. Frank W. wanted to know if I thought that the Yankees would sign another ace to go behind Cole to complete their starting five. Well, I talked a little bit about this in this episode. Thank you for your question, Frank. I appreciate it. Um, uh, no, I don't think there'll be another ace. Uh, I don't think there'll be a name guy. I think they are going to stick with what they have. I think if they can get a guy on the cheap, they will. I think if that guy is Tanaka on a good deal uh, or one of these other, you know, maybe a Kluber, I wouldn't consider him an ace at all. But uh, one of those uh, three, four starters, something like that, with the budget they have to do it, unless if you're talking trade, I don't think they're going to do that uh, as far as bringing in the high-priced uh, uh, 1A, per se. Not when they have Severino uh, due to come back here around the All-Star break. I think you'd consider him an ace. Um, when he's healthy and he's good, I think that's an awesome 1A behind Garrett Cole right there. And like I said, uh, Justin Montgomery. And, uh, you know, you have some kids with potential. You have the Michael Kings. You have the uh, Debbie Garcia, obviously, that are down there and getting ready to, to peak. But I think those guys would really benefit from a full season of minor league baseball. Knock on wood, assuming that that happens. Um, I don't think they would they, they would like to rush those guys up unless they actually had to. Those are kids. Um, and I don't think they'd part with any of those kids get another another uh, uh, well-known name starter. Plus, they can't pay him right now. Anybody you bring in here is going to, as a, as a number two or a 1A starter, is going to demand well more than that, you know, 13 to $15 million budget that they have. The Yanks are going to give themselves a little bit of flexibility going towards the All-Star break. They're not, if they have $13 million to spend, they're not spending $13 million right now. You know, maybe they spend 10 You know, they got to save a few million for something, the unexpected that happened. You know, position player goes down, they need to replace somebody you know, quickly, they're going to need money to make that happen. So again, Frank, uh, thanks for your question. I appreciate it. Um, and again, uh, continue to send any questions you have into highlanderspodcastgmail.com is the easiest way to get in touch or on the Twitter at Highlanders Pod. So thanks again for your question.
right, guys, as we uh, get past the Yankee news and get into some Major League Baseball news, uh, it's come out this week or since our last episode that the uh, Major League Baseball offices want the season to start on time and they want a complete full season. Um, great news for baseball fans like myself. They also announced that they want fans in the stands at some point. Um, also great news um, if it can happen. I mean, uh, this is kind of like uh, everything else in this country or in this world right now. It's kind of up in the air. So while optimistically, I would love it. I miss baseball. Um, I'm happy that we have it back. Um, I'm actually dying to go to some minor league games. Um, we'll see. In theory, it all sounds great. I know, look, the players want as many games as possible so that they can get as much money as possible. Um I, I think if the league had their druthers, we, we had been hearing about maybe pushing the season back, starting it later. But listen, so as of, as of right now, all is right in the baseball universe. We are set to start on time uh, with a normal spring training. What that's going to look like, I'm not really sure. I'm sure it will be a little bit different. They've announced that they even want fans in some spring training games, um, but not access to the actual practices, which is a bummer because that's the thing I love to do every morning, uh, every morning, every year to go up there and get a first look at some of these guys before the spring training games. But listen, I'll take it if it means baseball. That being said, the other proposal that's out there is the last debate, which I can't understand why it's taking so long. If it's, It has to be a leverage issue. This universal DH has not been decided yet. And it's coming out today that the Major League Baseball is looking kind of like for an exchange. We'll give the players a universal DH. You give us an extra round of playoffs. That'll be televised by ESPN. So essentially what baseball is saying is, We'll make a trade for you. They know the, the players want the universal DH. It's going to create more opportunities for the players in their union. And the league wants another round of playoffs. So essentially what they want is uh, one more round of playoffs, which would be four additional teams from the traditional you know, baseball season, not including last year. So essentially uh, last year it was six extra teams. This would be four extra teams and one extra round of playoffs. Um, obviously... Um, it would, it would go from 10 teams to 16 last year. It would be 10 teams to 14 going forward. And obviously, I mean, that's more television time. That's a bigger contract. That's more revenue for the league. Um, we'll see. We'll see, um, you know, if the players, players' union goes for it. I'm okay for it. If it's more baseball, it's okay with me. Then again, I'm not the one that has to do it. And we don't know what this season's going to look like. So if this season takes a toll... If there's a tremendous amount of cases again, if it, if it comes out where um, they want fans but then can't have fans, that's a lot of revenue lost. Um, I, there's just so much up in the air. But in theory right now, it's all good news for baseball fans. It's all good news. I mean, if you could ask any baseball fan of any team, what would they like? They'd like a full season. You're not only getting a full season, you're getting extra baseball with an extra round of playoffs, giving some, some teams an opportunity to make it that probably wouldn't. Uh, Universal DH, I think everyone can agree on that, with the aside of some traditionalists, which I don't understand, that want to see um, inferior pitchers at the plate just making a fool out of themselves. So I think it's a win-win for everybody on paper. Um, let's just see if it happens. So, um, again, that's it for the Yankees thus far. I will hop back on with another episode if something happens, guys. Um, otherwise, I would say my next episode would be around the time of the winter meetings. Uh, well, there'll probably be some news there, unless, of course, the Yankees, and my prediction is uh, make a move here for a pitcher uh, in the next week or so, and then I'll jump on and we can talk about it more. So until then, enjoy yourself, be safe, and go Yankees.
Well, he really hit the shit out of that one, didn't he? <laughs> he held it like an egg. Yeah, and he scrambled the son of a bitch. Look at that, he hit the fucking bull. Gotta get some free steak. <laughs> you having fun yet? Oh, yeah, I'm having a blast. Nice. Good. God, sucker teed off in there like he knew I was gonna throw a fastball. He did know. How? I told him. <laughs> 